that's what we're going to do. Let me get all my gadgets and move them around and set up in here. Ezekiel 28. Make sure that those of you that are on the phone have your phones on mute if you would this morning. Again, good morning to good morning to everyone. Um, this is our Tuesday morning prayer. It's going to be a little different this morning. I was kind of, you know, just pondering on what it was that the Lord would have for me. You know, it's every mo every Tuesday morning I always get before the Lord. And it's like, you know, a lot of times on Monday night, he may speak something to me concerning what we'll do on Tuesday. But I always get up, you know, spend some time with him to say, okay, what is it that, you know, you want me to talk about as far as like bringing about, you know, because we're praying and all. So it's always going, prayer is always going to be about, um, Mostly, you know, I guess for lack of a better word, I would say to y'all mostly about like different issues that, that we have, you know, you do pray about, um, you know, you give praise and give thanks unto God for, for all the awesome things that he does and all. But when we pray about things, it's mostly usually predominantly about, um, you know, prayers of petition is where we're petitioning God to do something. We need thy kingdom to come and thy will to be done in the earth. So we're actually petitioning him. And there are a lot of things in this in this world that there are some things that we have tend to take a nature on ourselves. And we have just literally like maybe dismissed God from it because we've taken the nature on ourselves. We have come to a conclusion with certain things that, oh, you know, I, I just deal with that myself. I don't need to deal with God with that. You know, I, I, I'm just going to handle that myself. So this morning as I was pondering, God began to show me something. It is in Ezekiel 28, and it's also a correspondence of the same thing in Isaiah 14. But then there is another flip to it, to what Jesus said in Philippians chapter 2. So I'm going to try to compress this this morning to just get the, enough of the thought inside of our heads so that we can run with it. And those um, three points of references of text is some things that you can further go look at yourself. It'll probably end up being a teaching um, series or something that I will, that I'll end up dealing with. Um, I can even see how I can tie it into the honor series that I am teaching at Trim. So, um, but what happens is, is there, you know, we, we'll just literally dismiss certain things and be like, you know, hey, you know, I'm going to deal with that myself. I'm not going to bother God with that or, or however this stuff. But, you know, there is nothing that we deal with that God has not, uh, you know, felt or however. It says, for we have uh, not a high priest which cannot be touched, touched by the feeling. There is the word touched, uh, which means that it affected him. And there is the word feelings, which means that it was an emotional thing for him, which could not be touched by the feeling of our, listen to who it says, it says the feeling of our, our infirmity. So there is nothing that you could feel that Christ has not felt. The cross took care of everything that we could feel. Yeah, he was without sin, but he yet felt because of the, the fact that he literally was an intercessor. Intercessors can feel things that they have not ever even went into. They can feel things. They can sense pain. You know, they can sense when something is going wrong and it may be something that 
they've not ever encountered. They can sense when a person is hurting because of the passing of a loved one and that loved one for them may not have even passed. But they can sense because they are connected to the emotion of the things. So therefore, we have a high priest that is touched by the feeling of our infirmities and because he's touched by the feeling of our infirmities, he's able to identify what it is that we deal with, what it is that we suffer with. He's able to identify with those things. So um, of simplicity, Ezekiel chapter 28, I want to show y'all something. This is this scripture is about um, Lucifer and about him and his fall concerning the things that he did. But God wants me to show y'all something in this this morning that I pray I'm able to articulate in the greatest way that the Father would have for me to do it. So Ezekiel chapter 28, let's move expeditiously if we can. In verse 1, it says here, The word of the Lord came again unto me, saying, Son of man, say unto the prince of Tyrus, okay, this is the prince of Tyrus. This is someone that has a a position. This is someone that that is in a a, a you know a close place. Uh, uh, this is someone that, that that there is relationship with. He says, "Listen, son of man, I need you to say to the prince of Tyrus, thus says the Lord God. Uh, uh, this is my prince. So this is someone that holds rank with me. This is someone that I am close to. So I need you to say to my Prince, I need y'all to stick with me this morning. Open your heart some more. It's going to make good sense. It's going to help you with some things the way it's helping me this morning when he shared it with me. He says, look, he says, I need you to say this unto the Prince of Tyrus, thus says the Lord God. Now he's about to say what I want you to say. And notice he starts out with the word because. He says there was a, a, a what he's saying here, I'm going to go ahead a little bit to help y'all understand where I'm going. What he's saying is, is you and I had a relationship, but now something has caused it to separate. Something has now caused a, a separation between us. Something has now gotten in between us. So I, I what I want to talk to y'all about this morning is to help you to understand that God knows about disappointments too. God knows when relationships go south too. God knows when you and people, you know, are not at the same place anymore with each other. God understands that too. Why we have become people that would just deal with things like that ourselves and say, you know what, well, you know, that's, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I ain't going to worry about that. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going to leave that alone. I'm not going to take that to God. No, God understands that too. And we're about to see it. And I need to help y'all to understand that because I'm afraid that there's some shiftings that is taking place. And there are some more shiftings that are going to take place. And if we do not understand this and do not have a concept of this, it will literally cause us to be in a bad place. So he's talking to the son of the Prince of Tyrus, which is someone that he was close with, someone that he had gave assignment to, he had gave a position to, a purpose to. He was talking to him and he said, look, because your heart done got lifted up. Because it's now not about the assignment, it's now about you. It's about you now. See, we got to watch our feelings we got to watch our feelings, y'all. We've got to watch our feelings as people that want to be mature, people that claim to be mature. We've got to learn to watch our feelings, watch them emotions. He says, look, because thine heart is lifted up, your heart is lifted up, 
and thou hast said, I am a God, see. See, now you really don't understand the rank of authority. You now do not respect the, the rank of what we have. If two people have a friendship, the friendship is the authority. That is the governing authority of, of their relationship. It's titled as the friendship. So it is the office of the thing. The friendship is the office. So he's saying, look, you do not respect the friendship now. You've now exalted yourself above the friendship. So he says, because thine heart is lifted up and thou hast said that I am a God, you want to be, you know, you, you, you've exalted yourself above the standard to which we hold with each other. We've made a vow that we would not backdoor each other, but now you're doing some backdooring. You've exalted yourself above that. You, you know, you, you have to watch that. That's why you have to really, really be careful when you ever come out of your mouth with saying things such as, you know, oh, no, oh, no, I ain't gonna ever do this to you. I'm gonna always ride with you. I'm gonna always, you gotta watch that kind of stuff because you're gonna be snared by the words of your mouth. You're gonna be tested in the areas of that thing. The very things that you come out your mouth with, I never leave you. Oh, oh, okay then. Something is going to happen as to where you're going to be tried in that area of leaving. Something is going to come about. Some type of difference, some type of circumstance is going to come about that is going to try you in that area. And so he says, tell him that his heart is lifted up and now he's done said that I am a God. The only thing when that says I am a God, to simplify it for you so that you understand what was being said is is now it's all about me. It ain't about the assignment no more. It's about me now. It's not about the assignment anymore. It's all about me. It's all about me. It's all about me. It's all about how I want. I, I, I don't care. It's about me. It has nothing to do with the assignment anymore. He said, you've gotten to a point now where you care nothing about the assignment anymore. Now all you care about is you. That's what you care about. You care about you. And whenever we find ourselves in a position as to where there is a broken friendship, there is a broken marriage, there is any type of relationship that there is, there is a, a brokenness in the mother and in the in between a mother and a daughter, a father and a son, or however the case may be. Anytime we find ourselves in a situation like that, you can I guarantee you, you can trace it back down to somebody has said, and it's just all about me now. It's not about the assignment anymore. It's just all about me. And because it's all about me, I don't care anything about that anymore. I don't care. Marriages have fallen apart because of the all about me. Friendships have fallen apart because of the all about me. And he says, I need you to tell him that because he has said, I am God. And then went on to say more things. This is Ezekiel 28. I'm in verse 2 now. He goes on to say, I sit in the seat of God in the midst of the sea. You see, it's, it's all about me. It's all about me. Yet thou art a man and not God. 
See, look what God said to him. He says, listen, listen to what he says. He says, you're nothing but a mere man. You're not God because of the position that you are coming from, because of the, the, the words that's coming out of your mouth, because of the behavior that you are exemplifying. That automatically lets me know it denotes that you are a man, that you are not God. Because if you were in the position of God, you would walk from a place of, of humility. You would respect the protocols that have been put in place. So you're not a God. You're a mere man is what he says to him. He says, yet thou art a man and not a God, though thou set thine heart as the heart of God. Let's talk about that for a second. He says, though thou set thine heart as the heart of God. Now that is not talking about what you would first think, because in your first thought, you would think, well, didn't he say that he set his heart as a, as a God? Yeah, he set his heart to be in pursuit of the things of God, the things that God has. He wanted the office. That's what he wanted. He didn't want the relation. He wanted the office. He wanted to to have all the authority and everything that it was that God had. So he says, yeah, you've set yourself after the heart of God, which is the authority of God. And then he he goes on to, to let him know that, hey, let me get down here. Let's go down a little further. Let me show y'all. Let me go down a little bit more in the Go down to verse 8 now, Ezekiel chapter 28 and verse 8. He says, Thou shall, they shall bring thee down to the pit, and thou shalt die the deaths of them that are slain in the midst of the sea. So there is this penalty that comes with this. So now we see where the prince of Tyrus, which is someone that has an assignment, this is someone that had a, a close fellowship with God where they just took on a whole different nature to begin to care more about themselves. Anytime you are in relationship, it cannot be that you care more about yourself than what you care about the other person because if you begin to care about yourself more, which is what we've been taught to do, a lot of times because we've been done in by people, we've now built up these walls and we've now convinced ourselves that I'm supposed to only care about me. I, I know I'm not supposed to do anything. No, it's about time for me to care about me. Well, in essence, to a certain degree, that is right. But if you do not have parameters or boundaries set in that type of mentality, then it is going to cause you to be a selfish person. And when you take on the nature of a selfish person, you're no longer going to hold any value as as it relates to caring about other people and what goes on with them. And so now um, let me grab Philippians chapter two for the sake of time and show y'all what Jesus had to say about that. Let's go to Philippians chapter two. And let me show y'all what Jesus had to say about that. Son of Tyre gets himself in trouble because everything becomes all about him. Now, Philippians chapter 2 says this right here. Let's go to verse 5, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Verse 6 says, who, talking about Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. So he made himself, you know, in the same position to be God, to live out God. It doesn't mean that he was trying to take over God, but it was God, I want to be full of you. I want to be filled with you. I want to be full of you in all that I do. 
So I don't think it's robbery for me to consider myself to be as God because it is God that lives in me. It's him that lives in me. That is why Jesus kept saying things such as whatever the father say, I do it. However the father leads, I follow. He said these things because he was saying, I've been apprehended by the father. I've been taken over by the father. So it's not robbery. It's not robbery to be equal, which only means that I have all parts of God. I don't just have some of God, which is how most of us live our lives. We live our lives by only having some of God. We don't have all of God. We'll have some of God. You know, I got certain parts about me that I let God deal with, but then there are other parts of me that I just reserve for myself that God has no control over. He has no hand upon because I keep that for myself. But what Jesus is saying here is it's not robbery for me to allow God to be everything that he needs to be in me and for him to do everything that he wants to do in and through me. So it's not robbery for that to happen. He's not robbing me of fun because that is what we would tend to think a lot of times when when we can't, you know, uh, because it has been taught that you can't do this, you can't do that. Dogmatic um, dogmatic teachings have come about in, in, in churches and all, you know, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't go here, you can't this and all this kind of stuff. You can't go to ball games, you can't go to the movies, you can't do. And so Jesus said, it is not robbery, which means he's not robbed my life of anything. He's not taken from my life just because of me being equal with him. It's actually brought my life up to a standard. It's literally made my life, caused my life to be better. So it's not robbery that I am at this place with him. Father, I love you for that. It is not robbery that I quit doing certain things that I was doing. It's not robbery that I don't talk the way that I used to talk. It's not robbery uh, that I don't go where I used to go. It's not robbery. It literally elevated me to a position in him. And so this is what he's saying here. He says, look, Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Verse 7 says, but he made of himself no reputation. Now, remember back in Ezekiel 28, there was reputation being made because he was saying that I, I'm going to be like God. You know, it's about me now. It ain't nothing about God. I've literally gotten inside and found out all the inside information that I needed to know about God. And so now I can be like God. Now I can do things like God. Let me give you all an example. It would be like a person that uh, comes up under you and takes on, you know, learns uh, from you and then goes in across the street and start and wants to start the same type of business or so that you have as a competitor to you. It would be like uh, Plankton and 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 um, uh, Mr. Krabs in, on SpongeBob. That's what it would be like. Plankton is across the street from Mr. Krabs trying to, you know, be in competition with him over this crabby over this crabby patty. He's trying to be in competition. It would be that type of circumstance is what he was saying. He made of himself no reputation, and but took upon him the form of a servant. He took upon him the, the ability to say, listen, I'm going to serve you in this in this relationship, in this uh in this friendship or whatever, in this marriage. I'm going to I'm going to literally serve, even though you've elevated me, I'm going to still serve because of the fact that 
I remember where I came from. I remember where I used to be. You know, anytime there is somebody that is in your life that has caused your life to become better, then that means that there is a part inside of you that should always have a gratefulness. There is a part inside of you that should always have a humility enough to say, I remember when. And but what he had what happened to the Prince of Tyrus was, which ends up we'll find out. If we had a kept reading in Ezekiel, we will find out that that was literally Lucifer is who um, that was referring to as the Prince of Tyre. What ended up happening was instead of him having a gratitude, he literally now has this selfishness about himself and literally looks at things to say, well, I've gotten everything that I want now. Now I'm going to turn around and use this against you. I've become everything that I wanted to be through you. You taught me how to do this and now I'm going to turn around and I'm going to use this against you and build up my own kingdom, uh, you know, and do my own thing against you and all. And so it says here, he made himself, uh, he took him, no, he made, he, uh, verse seven again, he made of himself no reputation and took on him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man. And so I love that he was made in the likeness uh, of man, which means again, back to what I said said earlier that Christ literally knows exactly how we feel. He did not forget about humanity. He did not forget about mankind. And so what I want to say to you is, uh, is in any relationship that is of God, Thank you, Lord. Any relationship that is of God, there is still going to be something. He's not going to forget you. And no relationship should make you forget about you. No relationship that you get in should take value from you and who you are. Please, God, help me this morning. You should not. You should still be able to fulfill dreams that you have without having to dominate or take over that that you have been taught or to use that that you have learned as a weapon against where you learned it from no relationship to put you in a place as to where you are no longer you you don't feel like well what about me when am I gonna ever be able to do what it is that that I want to do you know in life if you're not able to do it when things first start off there should be a space left as to where you are able to grow into you to do what it is that you have to do with you because if not then it puts you in a position as to where you now begin to suffer a struggle like the Prince of Tyre. See, the Prince of Tyre did not see the end result or was not yielded or developed enough to see that you're going to be great because of this. So he takes on the nature to say, no, instead of me becoming equal with you or learning from you, developing from you, I'm literally going to look at what you're doing and want to be you. Oh, God. I'm going to want to be you. I'm going to want to take you down so that I can be exalted, so that I can do what it is that I want to do. So that is someone that will come in and learn everything that that they can learn, glean, uh, get inside information on things, and then literally become a plankton and go across the street and want to set up their own thing. But then there is the way Jesus handled it, which he made of no reputation of him 
himself, but took on the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man, had the opportunity to be able to enjoy things in life as the likeness of man, while yet still living out, to God help me this morning, while yet still living out the ability of being who he was, which was the son of God, which God, which was the Prince of Peace, which is the everlasting father, which is the rock of ages, which is the head corner. You know, all these things that he that he is, he literally uh, gets to be human too. He gets to enjoy things in life too. Although we hear all of the spiritual context there is about Jesus, he had an opportunity to enjoy things in life too. He went on cruises. Think about it. Got in them ships and went from one place to another. Jesus went on cruises. Jesus was a traveler. How? How you know? Because he went from different places. Doing different things. Jesus was highly regarded and respected. Although what we read about was how they wanted to assassinate him. How they wanted to do things to hurt him. Yeah, that happened, but there was also people that was being good to Jesus. You can look in Luke chapter 8 and see that there were people that were being good to Jesus. Herod Stewart, all those women, Susanna, they all got together and they took care of him to make sure that he was fine. So Jesus had a balanced life. He had a balanced life. So my thought to y'all this morning from what the Lord would say to me, and listen, I, I, I need y'all to watch yourself. Watch yourself now. I ain't ever had a word to come forth that didn't mean something. I haven't ever seen a word come forth that didn't have a meaning to it. It's literally either happening or it is forewarning us of something that is about to happen. Something that is about to come forth. Now, the son of Tyre, he took on the wrong nature. He literally came against that. That would be the greatest blessing to him. So if you ever say that you've been betrayed by someone that you were close to, thought you were close to, and felt as though, you know, you knew it wasn't isolated as far as people understanding what you felt but if you didn't ever know that God understood I just gave you scriptures to show you God completely understood he understands exactly what has happened because of the simple fact he had given the son of Tyre positions if you look and take the time to go back and read in Ezekiel 28 you will see the positions of authority that he literally had given him but because of his nature to be selfish, his nature to not really see that he had been literally honored to be brought to this place. He couldn't see it as that. It literally made him want to glean things for the wrong reason. It gave him a, uh, what it, what it, let's say, takeover. He literally, he had a takeover, a, a spirit about itself. That's what they call it. He had a takeover spirit about himself. So what he was learning, he was learning to not help to enhance, but he was learning so that he could take over. So watch it. Be very careful 
I know this is a different type of anointing this morning, but I'm going to always follow God because I can sense and and I, I, I just I just believe the Father. I believe the Father. I'm not going to believe anybody. I'm going to believe the Father and what the Father is showing. I'm telling you, it's either happening or it's going to happen. One tell of the two. But if we take heed to things that God say to us to help us, then we can literally protect ourselves from these type things. We can literally watch over ourselves to keep these things from getting the best of us. And let's take on the fashion of Jesus in Philippians chapter 2, where he thought it not robbery to be equal with God, which means that I don't have a problem with you subduing me, taking me over. But I still know how to be humble in it. I still know how to be humble in it. I still know how. One, we see where the relationship was challenged. The other, we see where the relationship was respected. One, again, we see where the relationship was challenged. The prince of Tyre. The relationship was challenged and he failed. We see the other side, Philippians 2, where Jesus prevailed. Because he handled it in the proper way that it should be handled. Be very careful how you handle those that you consider yourself to be in relationship with, regardless of how of, of what title that relationship is. If you are in a marriage, respect it. If you are in friendship, respect it. If you are in covenant with a pastor or, or however, any type of leadership, respect it. With your employers, respect it. With your children, respect it. Because there's going to be challenges that are going to come about. And be very careful with the things that you say out of your mouth as far as, you know, oh, I, I never do this, uh, you know, oh, I know, no, I ain't going nowhere. I ain't moving. I ain't, I ain't this. I ain't that. Watch yourself now. Because you're going to be tried by those words. Little note of wisdom before I pray. Anything or anybody that you want to keep in your life, just keep your mouth closed about what you do and what you won't do. Just keep your mouth closed about it and just walk it out in your heart. Walk it out in your nature. Keep your mouth closed because those words will snare you. Those words will snare you every time. Every time. Because they bring about a challenge. And if you're not Develop for the challenge, you'll find yourself doing what you had been belching out your mouth to say that you would not do. You will find yourself doing what you would belch it out your mouth to say that you would not do. Another token of wisdom this morning before I go. Watch your appetite. Evaluate yourself by the words that's coming out of your mouth. Evaluate yourself by the words that are coming out of your mouth. If all your mouth, all it talks about is natural things and you just literally become subdued by natural things and very, very little spiritual context comes out of your mouth, 
that is displaying where your heart is. It's displaying where your heart is. Know yourself and know how to be honest about yourself and where you sit and who you are. Know enough of that about yourself. Know enough of it. If you're the type of person that you get drawn in real quick and you know what I'm saying? And you, you know, it's easy for you to find yourself caught up in stuff. You got to know that about yourself and you got to know how to find some type of balance because you can tell where a person is by everything that what, by what comes out of our mouth. You can locate us by what comes out of our mouth. And if all we talk about is, you know, this all the time and, you know, it's an indicator of where we are, and there should be balance to us. There should be balance. So, may the Spirit of the Lord be with us. May the presence of the Lord always dwell among us. May the angels of the Lord be encamped about us in order and in effort to help to see us through these things. Father, I thank you for the words of wisdom that you have released upon today. I take it not lightly because I know you do what you do for particular reasons and I honor you for you doing what you do because of who you are. You have not ever said something that did not mean anything. And that is clarified by your word that says that your word will not return unto you void for it shall accomplish that which you sent it to do. So there is a particular assignment and reason as to why you spoke this this morning, and I thank you that it will not return unto you void, but it shall do exactly what it is that you have set for it to do, God. I pray, Father, upon the prayer request this morning, upon every one of them, I set myself in covenant agreement concerning those things that they may be made manifest within the earth, that there may be, God, a fulfillment of those things in the earth, and it shall be expeditiously that it shall happen. God, I thank you for everyone under the sound of my voice. May you be the God that they need you to be. Be all that we need you to be and do all that we would need for you to do. I love you this morning, God. I'm grateful for you. Now give us this day our daily bread. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the hand of that old evil one, God. For thine is the kingdom, God, the both the power and the glory. Every bit of it belongs to you, God. Teach us thy ways that we may walk in thy precepts and in thy truths and that we may honor you all the days of our lives. We thank you for it now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, glory to God. Glory to God. Remember, the point of reference this morning is Ezekiel chapter 28, um, Isaiah chapter 14. I did not go to Isaiah 14, but you can go there and see. And Philippians chapter 2. These are the scriptural references that we use today. And we were talking this morning, um, literally, of, of knowing how to effectively walk in a, in a balance. How to effectively walk in a balanced state of life. So you all have a wonderful day. God bless you. I'm going to continue on with what I was doing this morning. Have a blessed and a wonderful day. In Jesus' name, amen.